Hello. If you can, please give to charities for those disenfranchised in these still troubled times. An example might be the Ogre Project, which helps black trans people with food, shelter, and other means of life. Also, support the Trevor Project, a mental health hotline for LGBTQ youths in trouble. There. Uh, if you would like to see more of me, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Jeems, which is J-E-E-M-S. You can find me on my Tumblr, which is also Jeems, my TikTok, Jeems84, my Twitter, the show's Twitter is at PennyTolerable, and I'm at MyPlanetIsJ, and you can find uh, we are available on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms. Now, on with the show. Also, for another amazing podcast, check out The Video Vault with Brandon and Skyler by my friends, Brandon and Skyler. Well, hi everybody, it is Jeremy, and I would just like to say to everyone for our Christmas episode, hell here. Uh, I'm sorry, that should say hello there, I I don't know what could have caused that typo. Um, anyways. You got some jab on your computer screen. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, welcome to Penny Tolerable, where two large adult siblings talk about movies, TV, comics, and whatever else. We spend a lifetime together, so you can spend some time with us. And who is this? Who is this? Yeah, this is a great white dope uh, sitting next to me. Oh, it's uh, Nathaniel, and I, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I feel yummy. Um, that's what she says, right? Something to that effect. Um, so, yeah, as usual, we have our main intro, and then there's the image, and then the episode title, but if people haven't guessed yet, what are we talking about this episode? We are talking about, uh, Batman Returns. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the, maybe the best Christmas movie? I, as far as Christmas movies go, that's another discussion. Handily the best Batman. Oh, yes, yes. Like, it's, uh, you know, people say, like, Phantasm. That's great, mm-hmm. but that, this is a point where you're like, what about the Lego Batman? Yeah. Movie? Like, yeah. okay, the ones with, with people in them yeah. is what I mean. <laughs> and, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that the bulk of the time. Before we dive into that, can I just, just 
uh, postscript our last episode. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, our BWAP episode, which uh, we probably shouldn't have done an episode on Bebop, and then it still went two hours, you know, largely because of me, the way they usually do. And then, I, I think you, you mentioned this, like, when you posted the episode, that day, yes, like, I think it had been, like, canceled that morning. And then it was announced that afternoon. Yes. That day uh, that we recorded that, not even when we posted it, when we recorded it, uh, the show got canceled. So I just, I just want to acknowledge that. Like, that's super funny. And I have kind of a good riddance attitude. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings, to be honest, because when we can come together as a culture and just decide we don't like something, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's like the opposite of, like, the Marvel stuff. It's like, oh, we all decide we hate this thing. Yeah, right. it brings us yeah. together. It's like uh, it's like the squid alien from other, from Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then half the time that stuff ends up being fun and horrible, like the Cats movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, However, I did have a moment because... Uh, I was kind of following, like, the the, the trending topic <coughs> mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. And one of the writers for the show, who's, she's, like, 22 years old, Yale graduate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she posted, like, oh, well, nobody, uh, nobody knows better than me what we had in store for season two. And all I got to say is, like, you guys are really missing out. And it was just kind of a dumb post. But then I looked at her feed, and, and like everything else on her thread is is fine, because mm-hmm. I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, the only thing this person's ever done that I don't like is write for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, because every single other thing she posted for you know as far as I cared to scroll down mm-hmm. was like shitting on Elon Musk and supporting like the Kellogg strike. Sounds and, pretty cool. Like just everything except that one kind of self-important like. Can we have a moment of silence for my dumb show sort yeah. of thing? Everything else, I was just reading and going like, I don't know this person, but they seem pretty cool. Like, I, I yeah. think, you know, I, this is something I wouldn't mind, like, hanging out with in real life from the looks of it. And then all the responses to her, it's like, like, fine, like, make fun of them, drag <coughs> them. Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're making fun of a TV <coughs> show. But then a whole bunch of them were just doing like, oh, the commie bitch, piece of shit. And, yeah, and, yeah. And that's when I, I realized, oh, right. Most anime fans are Nazis. Yeah. Not, I, I, wa- I want to be fair here. Yeah. Not all anime fans, just like 95, 96% of them are straight up Nazis. And I, I did have like the moment of self-inspection where I'm like, so somebody I like did a show that I didn't really like. And then a bunch of people who I would fucking despise in real life mm-hmm. happened to like the same show I did from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it became a real Ghostbusters moment of like, oh, no, 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 don't stand next to me. Don't yeah. pretend we're friends. Yeah. Just because, like, I hate something because it sucks, not because, like, I disagree with the politics or because, uh, like, a woman dared to make a joke or anything else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, so that was just a real, like, huh, I'm glad I was mean, but not too mean about that show. Yeah. So, yeah, and I- anyways, uh, we talked about it more than enough last time, but just to put a pin on that, I'm like, this shit's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the writing's terrible. The, it was a bad idea from the ground up. 
I hope everybody involved in it all the way down goes and does something better with their life. Yeah. It's like the thing of like you, you watch like some shitty comedian bomb and you're like, oh, they're probably like super nice and funny in real yeah, life. Yeah. As long as they it's just that they work for Lauren Michaels. Mm-hmm. You can't blame everybody for this stuff. Yeah. So on that note, forgive yeah. me. Let's talk about something more fun. And I want to say one thing about that. Uh you know, this woman said like uh, we had such cool stuff for season two and uh I'm I'm a writer myself. Okay, I do uh, you know, screen uh, stage plays and some screenplays in the town we live in, and uh, I, I hope she, like if there are cool ideas, I hope she reuses them in something else. Oh yeah, that's like you you can totally fucking do that. Like that's always a good one when Douglas Adams is like, oh yeah, I can just like poach my own Doctor Who scripts yeah. and write better Dirk Gently novels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's fair. So, best of luck, everybody. See you, Space Cowboys. Just don't don't show up next year and, like, do an Excel Saga live-action TV series <laughs> or something, for God's sake. Okay, Batman. Batman. Deflator Mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Returns. Returns. Yeah. We are, yeah, we're doing, uh, we are talking about Batman Returns, and Nathaniel, we have a brand. Do we? We, we have a brand here at Petal Incorporated. And that brand for this podcast is talking about movies that no other current podcast is talking about that month. I mean, this month, you you go to any podcast and you're not going to see anyone talk about Batman Returns. I don't get the joke. Like, I think I saw, like, one podcast I listened to did an episode (laughs) about it. Um... No, it's been out for 30 years, so I'm Fair sure enough. if anybody's going to see it, they have opinions about it. Um, yeah, this uh, this movie rules. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if it ruled or if it slapped. And then a couple weeks ago, I watched it for the first time in some years. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's both. It does both. Yes. That's right. Yeah. No, th- this is... Uh, this is such an accidental masterpiece. Uh, how, how do I want to put this? This might be the best Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Because as the only competition, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, awesome, doesn't count. It's a Henry Selleck movie. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about movies Tim Burton directed. I like a lot of Tim Burton movies, actually, more than one might think. Ed Wood is a good... Well, that's the thing. It's Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands, and Batman Returns. Mm -hmm. And I like Ed Wood a lot, but I think that, as much as anything, is down to the screenplay and the acting. Yeah. Now, like, Burton does a good job with Ed Wood. Yeah. I I think... I love that movie. That's, like, the best movie I think he has his name attached to. Yeah. I could conceivably see somebody else making that Ed Wood movie and doing as good of a job. This is maybe a brief window where I actually cared much about Tim Burton's like style and what he mm-hmm. had to say. And it turned out he didn't have much to say. Yeah. It took like he got it out of his system in about two or three movies. <laughs> I, I've got a lot I've got a lot to show, don't have much to yeah. say. So uh as far as uh, and this is what I actually uh, use as a comparison. It's like uh, like the Lupin the Third movies. Mm-hmm. 
The best movie that features Lupin the Third as a character is The Castle of Cogliostro. Yeah. Stone Cold Classic. Yep. The best Lupin movie is Mystery of Mamo. Mm-hmm. Secret of Mamo, Lupin versus the Clones, whatever title you prefer. Yeah. That is better because Lupin and Cogliostro, I love that movie. That's, that's not, not fucking really Lupin. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's like pleasant old retired Lupin. Like, that's not really what the character is like. Whereas. Mamo, you know, I would not put Mamo against Cagliostro as a film, but that that is Lupin to the nth degree. Yeah. That is the most Lupin Lupin that you will ever see. That's how I think about this. Um, you could point to like, oh, well, the Dark Knight has more to say about the character of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, there are better Batman movies, better movies regarding the state of being Batman. Yeah. I don't actually care that much about Batman as a character. Yeah. This is by far the best movie that happens to feature Batman. More or less in a cameo role, if yeah. I'm being honest. Some people have stated that <laughs> Batman the, Batman is one of those characters like, say, you know, uh, the Punisher or someone like that. They where, suck? No, no, where a character like the Punisher or John Constantine, where it's like, they're they're cool when they're they just show up and do something. Don't make them the like the focus. Yeah, I some know, people have said that. Which honestly is how they used to do a lot of stories. Something like you know, like the spirit. You never really spent that much time like with the spirit at home. Yeah, it was like uh, you know, it would be like someone else's story, and you'd stumble into it. Like a guy would be down on his luck and like a criminal, but then he'd like turn on his boss and help the spirit and it would be his story Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that i'm with you like the the business about like well here's uh the young bruce wayne chronicles chapter 14 of him learning how to do judo chops yeah i don't care when does scarecrow show up (laughs) yeah that's why i'm here yeah yeah i want to see him meet other better cooler villains and that's the problem that Batman has one of legitimately like one of the best rogues galleries. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with those guys. Yeah, I I find like it's not just like oh like the Joker is like truly like a lightning in a bottle, larger than life villain. No, 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 no. I care more about the Mad Hatter than I care about Batman. Let's see mm-hmm. what he's up to. <laughs> and I mean, they they even basically stick with that with uh, like Batman Forever. A little bit, yeah, yeah. And something I want to state about the the Batman movies, the, the you know people go on about the camp value and colorfulness of the Schumacher ones, but I want to say this about the Burton ones. Uh, at, like ever since the Burton ones came out, like in nineteen eighty nine, people's whole thing about them was that like. Oh, this isn't you know the uh, goofy Adam West ones. This is you know this is a, a dark Batman. Oh, they're incredibly goofy. Yeah, yeah. I I, I watched Batman eighty nine recently and watched this one recently. They're goofy as shit. It the only difference between these and Adam West, the Adam West ones were lit better. Yeah, that's the only difference. No, no. Uh, like the first Batman in particular. Uh, the way everyone dresses, the, like Batman yeah. '89 is just uh, Dick Tracy with better art direction. Yeah, like it's super goofy. And then 
Batman Returns is honestly kind of an incredible looking film in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know what you mean. And the fun thing about the Batman movies is, um, you keep, like Indiana Jones <coughs> is all, there's like a way to make an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. And some of them are darker and some of them is older, like whatever, but you have like an idea of this is what a lethal weapon or a, you have the Indiana formula. Jones. You have the formula. Uh, even Bond, like every every like Bond era has like variations, but still it's very much like well this this is Bond. This mm-hmm. is what Bond's about. This is what he does. It, and if you like change it up, like mm-hmm. M died in this one. Yeah. In this one, you know he's working against the government. Like that's a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Batman, just so long as, you know, you, you keep, like, he's Bruce, and Alfred's there in some capacity. Uh, these are just kind of Rorschach tests for directors. Yeah. Like, it is... The the gap between, like, Batman and Robin and The Dark Knight is way bigger than the gap between, like, From Russia with Love and Die Another Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And so it does become kind of a flavor of the month thing. Uh, so even when they suck, which you know a number of them do, uh, they, you're at least seeing somebody's take on something, mm-hmm. which is fine because again, it's not a a character who is frankly not hugely interesting. Yeah, he's uh, more interesting as like a brand. Yeah, as a like what what's a fun story I can tell with this silhouette. Yeah, and yeah. even even in the stories, he's not meant to be a character. Like the the idea of him is like, it's it's like what he says to uh, Flash in Justice League, where it's like, I didn't know you existed. He said, I exist when it's like when it's useful. Yeah. It's like I like that's his thing. Like you're not really supposed to know much about him or even talk to him that much. Like yeah. well. I I do agree with that, and at the same time saying like, well, this is what the Batman comics are like. Um, I don't know what the Batman comics are I, like. Grant Morrison wrote them for a decade, mm-hmm. so the Batman comics are like Jim Gordon piloting a Batman mecha, fighting mm-hmm. like a dragon that has Joker's personality in it. Like, yeah. And there's, it's like when you go like, oh, well, Spidey should be about like a kind of down on his luck guy that lives with his aunt. It's like, yeah, or that, or like a millionaire who sold his soul to the devil. Like, yeah, well, whatever, you know. Yeah, there, there tends to be that thing in, in like the comic adaptions where it's like, well, this isn't how it is in the comic. And it's like, it, it the char- every character literally changes whenever there's a new writer. Yeah. Like, the, and you, you tend to base it on just like, when you think about, uh, oh, like, well, this is the idea. Let's get back to the basics of the character. You're basically referring to one story. Yeah. At best, like, a, a run. So, like, mm-hmm. a Kirby, uh, Stanley era Fantastic Four. Yeah. But it's like, if you're, it's like, I'm going to adapt Daredevil. No, you're going to adapt, like, maybe two years worth of Frank Miller stories. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, like, a Wolverine story. No, you're going to do, like, a, again, a Frank Miller miniseries. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do Batman. Well, there's, like, Maybe six Batman stories people actually know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Arkham Asylum, Killing Joke, Dark Knight Returns, maybe No Man's Land, we get like Bane, yeah. I guess. Yeah, a couple characters from the cartoon show up. Like 
Yeah, that, that's that's all it actually is. They like if you like stop somebody on the street and told them like, "Hey, why can you tell me about uh, Superman?" You're like, oh, well, he came from uh, space, so that's his origin. And then he fought Doomsday, so I guess he's dead now. Yeah, and in between, they're not focusing on like you know Maxwell Lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this. We're talking about everything except this quite good movie. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to bother with the plots enough. No, no, we don't. A, uh, it's about 14 different plots. <laughs> yeah. And B... Everyone has seen this thing. Yeah, everyone has seen this thing if they want to at this point. Um, I actually, I will mention that uh, in terms of plotting. Um, I don't think I appreciated how much story this has until I watched it this time around. Mm-hmm. Because I, I had preceded it with... Uh, I watched, like, Batman 89 and then Batman Returns, like, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much consecutive nights. And what struck me about Batman 89 is that uh, there's there's basically no story to speak of. Yeah. Um, it's just you, things cobbled together. No, it, it really, it, it's it's like the old joke. They said they'd like write the scripts for Harpo and say like, Harpo like walks down the street and meets a policeman. Harpo does something funny. Yeah. And you know, you could, like Harpo would do yeah, something he, funny. He was a genius. He could just. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's what the, this feels like. Like Batman 89 is just like, what if Joker showed up in an art museum? What if Joker did a commercial? Yeah. What if Joker came by your apartment and then he, like, it's the oldest reference I know, but, like, Poochie. Mm-hmm. Truly, anytime Jack Nicholson isn't on screen, yeah. everyone else is going, like, you're not like, oh, phew, like, thank God Arliss is here to, like, <laughs> get that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> no, you, you really are just waiting for him to show up again, where it's like, well, now Joker's having a parade, and, and now Joker's just going to climb to the top of a big old clock tower. And there's an anecdote in there where, um, I forget if, if it, who it was, if it was Nicholson or Kim Basinger <clears throat> or uh, Michael Keaton, but supposedly they were filming the clock tower scene, and they were, like, rushing up some stairs, and they actually asked Tim Burton, like, what do what is this like where where am i headed what am i why am i going up the stairs and tim burton said i'll figure it out when you get there which is like actually pretty that's a pretty funny and you can assume that he was you can assume that he was joking yeah of course they had a shooting script so don't take that like as like the literal word of god but there's something to that that's how the movie feels it's like well, Joker's going to climb a clock tower. Well, now he's going to fall off. But now a helicopter will show up. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, there's the idea of skeleton scripts where it's like, yeah, this is what's going to happen, but we're going to fill shit in. Yeah, like, okay, we need to find a way to get you from the street to the clock tower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like Batman Returns, if anything, has an opposite problem where... Uh, obviously, like, like scripts go through a hundred different versions. Uh, I, I read, apparently, uh, the guy who wrote this, by the way, uh, also wrote Heathers. Yeah. Which shows, because Batman Returns is funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie's hilarious. I love mm-hmm. this shit. Um, 
But apparently one of the early drafts had, like, the Penguin and Catwoman were looking for buried treasure. <laughs> and there was, like, no further explanation. All right. So I'm like, oh, I want to see that movie. It's like an Elseworlds. <laughs> They're both pirates. Um, just Penguin, like, uh, Tom Waits and Buster Scruggs. Where are you, whack, whack, whack? Where are you, Mr. Fish? I just realized the voices aren't that far yeah. apart. Um, so, anyways... Okay, outside of the buried treasure, uh, canard, this feels like a uh, movie where they didn't throw out anything. Yeah. Like, this feels like uh, the movie, pretend Tim Burton's a, a mob, mm-hmm. and the movie was written by his or her kids. Yeah. Because it's like, well, mom, I, I wrote a plot where the penguin becomes mayor, like like in that old uh, Adam West episode. But mom, I wrote an episode where he's a ghoulish uh, child stealing monstrosity. But mom, I wrote a script where he ties a bunch of rockets to penguins and they blow up the city. Yeah, and so that's I, I'll shut up in a second. But that's one of the great things of watching this movie. Like the penguin fails like four times in a row. The movie has like yeah. three climaxes, so it's like, fuck, oh, I guess I'm not going to be mayor after all, but I'm going to kill all these kids. What the fuck? Where'd the kids go? Screw it, I'm going to blow up everybody. Oh, shit, that didn't work either. <laughs> I'll, give him, I'll give him this. He's persistent. Oh my it's, like, God. Like, it's like, you know what? Hell of it, we're doing this. That, that, that's not going to work out. Screw it, we'll do this. Yeah, like the, the big one, this is one of the few times uh, where... The villain of the movie has, like, a plan, A and B and C and D. <laughs> like, the, there's the whole, like, set piece in the middle is like, oh, by the way, we're going to mess with his car. Yeah. Like, like, why? How? And, like, the, you have, like, a, like, an obese clown having, like, blueprints going, we got the diagnostics for the Batmobile and we're going to jam it. How? Like, How? Okay, I get that the poodle lady is a tech genius. <laughs> and I know that the devil guy that catches on fire, if you look into his wiki, he was the guy who built the Batmobile. <laughs> so I'm not calling shenanigans that you know how the car works. But it's a movie where every single thing that happens is a plot cul-de-sac. Yeah. So by the end, the plot is shaped like a shamrock. Yeah. No, less than sound like I'm talking about the movie. I love this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually uh, in DC. Penguin is classified as metahuman, and his power is uh, ripping plans out of his ass. <laughs> just continuously like a bag of holding. Yeah, and seemingly limitless resources too, um, which like kind of makes sense when he's working with Shrek. Mm-hmm. But then when he's not, it's just like, fuck you, are you showing my sewer money? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> whack. Uh, let's talk about that impression for a minute. How much do you love Danny DeVito in this? He, it's, he's wonderful, like, because I had, I had heard somewhere what he, how he wanted to play this character mm-hmm. was, uh, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet. Oh, that's terrific. That's what he said, that's what he was going for. Fantastic. I, I would never have made the connection, but I see a little bit of it now. And like th- this, these characters, you know, they, they go through like different iterations. We were just talking about how silly it is to do like one interpretation. Mm-hmm. 
This is the only time anybody's ever done Penguin this way. Yeah. Like, the, the same year the cartoon premiered and the writers were like, okay, fuck it, he'll look like he does in this movie, but he's going to act like he does in the books. Yeah. And in the cartoons. So, like, the, yeah, the, the kind of prim Paul Williams, like, yeah. you'll be one step behind me, which is precisely where you belong. It's like, no, that, that's a far cry from, wow, I'm going to show her my French flipper trick. <laughs> it, it's interesting because on the, on the show Gotham, which mm-hmm. is a lot better than it looks, like, it's, it's, it's a, I, I think it would have to be. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. fun show. It's, it's, it's a legit fun show. Um, the guy that does Penguin and that, people, you know, when he first started doing it, people... So like, oh, you, dude, you're just doing Danny DeVito. And his response was, thanks. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's the best performance ever. Like, yeah. And, and I will say, uh, Batman 80... And, I, like, I didn't think of this stuff when these movies first came out because, you know, little kid. But yeah. um, Batman 89, it was like, oh, we're going to make a movie with the Joker. Wow, you know who would be good as the Joker? is Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Hey, we were right, and like great performance, but it, it, it is mm-hmm. t- terrific. Like he really does just kind of rule the movie, but it's exactly what you'd think it would be. Yeah, it's him going like, "Well, it'll be a hot time in the old town tonight." Yeah, like, "Sorry, sweetie, I gotta fly. Mm-hmm. I'm crying on the inside." You're like, "That sure is Jack Nicholson as the Joker." Hey, I love it. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's hilarious. I mean, it's Jack fucking Nicholson, yeah. for God's sake. When the, the time came for this, it was like, you know, like, I'm not like reading trade magazines. You like heard about it on the playground. Yeah. Because some other kid bought Starlog. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, the, uh, the penguin's going to be the villain in the next movie. I'm like, oh, cool. I think the first time I saw what he was going to look like was in just like some like comic buyers guy like wizard or something yeah. this is even pre-wizard yeah this is pre-wizard but yeah they and they just had like a photo of him like in the top hat and the coat and everything and i was like oh okay like okay <laughs> yeah if you had given me a million dollars to draw a penguin this is and then you know i get older and i realize oh the whole movie is just german expressionist and he's dr yeah. caligari yeah, like there, for, for Christ's sake, there's a character named Max Schreck in his German expressionist. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it is a really singular performance. And I, I think the only thing I would compare it to maybe is like the Heath Ledger Joker. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you saw that in a couple of trailers. The first time I saw like the Heath Ledger Joker, like the image, I was like, oh, hey, Courtney Love. Like, yeah. It didn't really bowl me over. Just, like, up until the bus drives out of the wall in the dark night is all it takes. Mm-hmm. But you watch that, and you're, you go, oh, okay, like, this this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is who this is going to be. And need, need be said, that's a great performance. Yeah. Um, this movie's kind of chock-a-block with good performances, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we got DeVito. Penguin is so much fun. And, uh... Before we move on from him, one thing I love is that Penguin is pure evil. Yeah. Like, you you are sympathetic to the extent that the guy's obviously, like, 
had a hard life because of how he looks. Mm-hmm. And he was abandoned by his parents. And there's those moments where he's like, oh, like, they, instead of seeing five chubby digits, they saw a single shiny flipper. I and, I was the number one, but they treated me in, like, number two. Yeah, we get a poop joke in there. But it, it's honestly kind of a cool moment because uh, you see Bruce watching TV. And he, mm-hmm. with sincerity, yeah. he says, like, I, I hope he finds his parents. Yeah, it's a sweet... Like, yeah, it's just this moment of like, yeah, Bruce... There, there's kind of like a there but for the grace of God moment. With mm-hmm. Bruce watching the penguin. That's about how long it lasts. Because yeah. you realize the first time like you see the you see people like running out of the operating room screaming at how hideous he is. You mm-hmm. hear uh, what, Pee Wee Herman yeah, like moaning with horror at the child... The first time you physically see any of the penguin, it says a child reaching out of a cage crib and throttling a cat. <laughs> yes. The business with the uh, him killing the kids, mm-hmm. which remains the the sickest plan in any Batman movie. Yeah. Like, for, forget, like, oh, like, I'm an agent of chaos, and I like to bring out the worst in people. Like, like, this is worse than, like, the two boats from Dark Knight. Oh, no, no, like, like the, just... just we're going to murder the firstborn mm-hmm. is the most, like, like let's bring it down to a seven here. Yeah. Like, we, we got Happy Meals to sell, for God's yeah. sake. So that that's absolutely incredible. <coughs> um, it, it, but he that's in his back pocket the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't do that after, like, losing the mayorship, drives him into a rage. He knows who he is. It's all a bluff. His plan is to get topside, and the first thing he does is start writing down the names. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, because when you watch the movie after the first time, people are like, hey, what are all the names? That's private. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, like, you've just been plotting, like, infanticide the entire movie. Mm -hmm. Just waiting for the excuse. Um, No, just, like, purely evil irredeemable, scum-of-the-earth, sexually disgusting. Yeah. Like, watching him in, like, his stained union suit. Which he's in way too much. Yes. It wasn't just, like, they put it in a scene and then, like, like, uh, you know, a producer saw the dailies and went, oh, God. Well, it's an exposition scene. Okay, but don't dress him like that again. There's, no, he's like three different times. Yeah, of course, you know, moments where he's like, you know, pinning the button onto the intern's breast like for, for like 20 solid seconds. And then, what the hell, what, is it Jan Hooks from uh, SNL? Yeah. Who's, she's in it for like five seconds as his campaign manager and he's just like scoping out her ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Nothing against Jan Hooks. I never thought of her as, like, a sex bomb when she was on SNL. But (laughs) I guess by, like, Gotham City stand. You know, they say, like, an L.A. 10 and an Ohio 10. (laughs) She's a Gotham City 10, definitely. (laughs) Um, So you got all that. Uh, And then when uh, Bruce is, like, looking over, like, researching him mm-hmm. there's like this story about the red triangle circus gang and it says uh, oh they travel from like town to town but every time they left there'd be reports of child abduction mm-hmm. and when the police finally closed in on them like they wanted to question the penguin boy but he had slipped away and I'm like 
this is just this is just Pennywise shit. Yeah, it's a, like a roving carnival that abducts children. Yeah, this is insane. Yeah, I'm doing the penguin halves. Yeah, on so much. Uh, penguin's great. I'm not even sure he's the best part of the movie, though. Yeah, because <laughs> this begins the trend of doubling up on Batman villains, which doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Like in the future, I'm like, oh, Scarecrow could have had his own movie. He doesn't have to be Ray Sal Ghoul's yeah. boy. And then you get like Mr. Freeze and uh, Poison Ivy, which this is not like the one flaw in an otherwise perfect movie, but. Notable that both of their world domination plans are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have a greenhouse and an iceberg at the same yeah. time. As Frosty himself learned when he was running from that game magician guy. Um, here I actually... I that, actually rem- that reminds me. It works. Yeah. That reminds me. Uh, watching this again, I realized the Red Triangle Gang Circus... That sounds kind of gay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a drag troupe. The, the, per, the purple triangle <laughs> gang circus. <laughs> uh, no, the the red triangle is what they would uh, put on the sleeves because Hitler hated clowns, so that's how they would identify. Them. <laughs> what? Okay, that's tasteless, but that you know that's where like yeah. a lot of that stuff comes from. Yeah, right? yeah I think they even had one for. Maybe the only nice thing I'll ever say about, like, JWs is that they stood up to the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So, props for that. Um, so, yeah, that that whole thing. You have uh, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. He's a blast, but it's a walk into it. Yeah. That's, that's this movie's version of Nicholson Joker. Yeah. So, like, what if we cast uh, uh, Christopher Walken as Christopher Walken? And it's... it's First off, it's like walking at a 10. Oh, yeah. And second, they give him the weirdest fucking lights in the world. Just shame on you, Bruce. You think you can do business with me? Think you can go 10 rounds with Muhammad Shrek? It's like, <laughs> what the... What, what is coming out of your mouth? What are you... This is... The, the line Muhammad Shrek. Like, yeah. Really? And, uh, I, I do have an idea for a new CGI reboot, but uh, that's a story for another day. And there's also the fact, and this is beautiful, this is a beautiful performance by this actor. The guy that plays his son yeah. is just Chip. doing a walk-in. Chip. So, it's like, Dad. That go, it's like a cell. Yeah. Like, it's just... Dad, they're lighting the tree. Yeah, it's like, it's like the dude that plays, uh, uh, Pollux Troy... In, uh, in Face, face off, off, where he's like, hey, brother. Yeah, it's like, just, you. that must have been so much fun. Just hire a guy and go, hey, could you do a Nicolas Cage impression? <laughs> yeah. So they just get this kind of, like, lucky-looking guy. They go, hey, uh, this is, this is a big ask. It's outside of most people's wheelhouse. Do you think you could do a Christopher Walken impression? And Chip has, like, four lines in the movie, but it's that. Yeah. That go... Save yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that must, that must All I can think of is one of, g- genuinely one of the better sketches, a celebrity sketches on SNL, the Walken family reunion. Yeah. It's, it's like such a cheesy premise, but it is actually funny. Mm. And the best one is Keenan. <laughs> when he's like, it's like, this is our foreign exchange student. It's like, wow, to think that when I moved to America... I couldn't speak a word of English. 
And now listen to me. I sound like a normal kid. <laughs> like, I love, yeah, like Chip doesn't know any better. <laughs> um, and so Shrek isn't fun because it's like, oh, well, you know, Danny DeVito looks like a monster, but uh, Shrek, despite looking normal, is actually truly the most evil character in the movie. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's still the penguin. And also he doesn't look that normal. Yeah, the, the complicated haircut, the pinstripe suits, the, uh, the jalo gloves. You know, this is the yeah. whole... So he's like... Yeah, Shrek is the most normal-looking Batman villain in this movie, whereas you would, you would like, run from him on the streets if you saw him in real life. Yeah. He's the gentleman with the thistle-down hair. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, so, it, I mean, they, there's nothing else to it. He's a blast. Uh, it was supposed to be a, a dent. Yeah, he's yeah. the character was supposed to be Harvey Dent, and yeah. Which, by the way, we talked before about like people just being accidentally woke before it became such a big deal. These days, it would be like, well, we cast our first uh, black Two Face would be like a big deal these days. They just did it back yeah, then. Just, it was just like, hey, let's let's cast like Billy D. Williams. Uh, actually, that's not how he looks in the book. Yeah, shut up, nerd. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting land down here. Yeah, it's just like, hey, Billy D. Williams is fucking awesome. You want you want to put him in our movie? And also, this is this is another thing. Like t- touching upon stuff like that is, uh, this was an era in comic book filmmaking where it was just like it, it was it was the directors and the writers going like, oh, these are the comics. Oh, cool. This is what I'm writing. Yeah, like the and, and that that would be like unheard of today. But back then no. it was just like, hey, I like this character, but you know, fuck you, I'm doing this story. Yeah. Like you, you told me the great uh, story the other day about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio. Yeah, which like God bless Jake Gyllenhaal for just there, there's the people who are like I'd never do a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a Marvel paycheck, but a movie. I meant to say movie. That slipped out. Yeah, and like the moment it's done, it's just like peace out. Yeah, <laughs> and you, there's the interview where like the guy is walking him through Mysterio, who by the way I love, my favorite mm-hmm. Spidey. Yeah, man. but he, he's like, well, Mysterio should be this, and he died, but then he came back, and like all this, and Jake Gyllenhaal is just he, he should have like Homer's glasses. Yeah, Jerry, like uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, thanks, man. Like he gives him a stack of comics, and he said like. There needs to be a cut for time moment where he walks outside and just drops them into an open lit <laughs> yeah. trash can. He gets in his Maserati and drives off. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sorry. I honestly think that that this was like the better way to do these because uh, back then it would just be uh, like the shut up nerd. Yeah, we're all the coke doing millionaire fuckbots that run Hollywood. Like, they're evil in a different way, of course. <laughs> yes. Like, that's, that's kind of indefensible. But they go like, well, I guess Gene Hackman is going to play Lex Luthor. He better be bald! Shut up, nerd! <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, I, I guess Billy D. Williams will play Two-Face. But he's white in the comic! Shut up, nerd! <laughs> and they carried on for a while and led to... Positive changes. So, like, the penguin in this movie, 
mm-hmm. much better than any version of him that's ever appeared yeah. in the comic. People forget this. Blade in the comics sucked. Yeah. Like, who, who gave a shit? There was, like, nothing to him. Like, the reason you like Blade is because of Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I truly miss, like, the, the shut-up nerd uh, era, as opposed to now, where it's like, well, we, we got, like, th- that dude with the beard.com is here to... Uh, consult on uh, making sure that we get the Peacemaker series right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I much prefer that. The nerds should have little to no sway. <laughs> and that that's an interesting thing. Talking about the Peacemaker made me think that, uh, a bit off topic, but James Gunn is kind of the bridge between those. That's a really good point. He is a gigantic fucking nerd. Like, he is the first person to admit, like, you know, I, I just plow through these comics. I love them. Like, I eat, breathe, and sleep them. But he he has said, like, most of the characters that I've adapted, I completely change them. Like, the Polka Dot Man you see, like, the David Desmalchian Polka Dot Man is not the comic Polka Dot Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's honestly a fair point. And this is not a value judgment, like, that knowing your stuff makes you cooler or better mm-hmm. at doing these. Um, beca- like, who wants to see, like, an Aquaman movie directed by Kevin Smith or whatever? Yeah. But no, le- legit, like, gone way before any of this would pay off. Went, what, like, a decade before you could cash in on being mm-hmm. a comic nerd. Was pretty sincerely a comic nerd. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, to me, that's just different from... To this day, it's, you know, the Tom Hardys of the world were like, no, no, it's great. I, I grew up reading about uh, the brown recluse. Mm-hmm. That's the character's name, right? Yeah. Okay. It's it's funny because, like, with something like Suicide Squad, it's like, so many of the characters are changed, but then again, you have these random-ass characters, uh, character cameos, like, Wild Card and Calendar Man and Kaleidoscope, and yeah. it's like, he... Does care about the comics? He's just gonna fucking change a lot of shit. Yeah, and uh, again, like it's I'd rather somebody just proudly not read the comics, or like one or two of them are just legit uh, old school geeks like Gun. Again, most of them are like the actors who like when they were fifteen. They were like Beavis and Butthead's friend who always beats them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that guy's name? The one with the glasses. You know who I mean, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's what Channing Tatum was doing when he was yeah. a high schooler, but instead he asked, he asked to pretend, like, no, no, I, lo- I loved Gambit. Oh, boy, I sure did love Gambit when I was growing up. And what I love now, it's, it's kind of become a new phenomenon. I know it wasn't always a thing, but I love the phenomenon of uh, nerd hunks. Like, uh, Vin Diesel, Joe Manganiello, Henry Cavill, just these dudes who are, like, Adonises, and, like, everyone wants to fuck them, but it's like, you know, they're busy, oh, it's, we, we can't go to this Eyes Wide Shut party, we're busy with, with this Warcraft campaign, it's like, I fucking love that, like, is, is Henry Cavill, I knew he was, like, a techie, um, he like built his own, you know, hard yeah. drive or something. Is he like a, like a comic nerd or like? Yeah. A, 
Oh, he's just, he's like a, I think he's like a gamer and an RPG guy. Oh, like, like a that. dark they were in Golden Eye shopper. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, like he when he he was stoked to play The Witcher. Like he's like those. Here's the thing. I have yet to start The Witcher. I already like his performance <laughs> as Geralt better than his, his role as Superman. My favorite... Oh, I know we're totally off topic, but... Yeah, I mean, this stuff's legit. Like, nobody is making Vin Diesel do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I find it... Fa- by, by the way, I actually do like Vin Diesel, and I think he can be, like, a surprisingly good actor and blah, blah, blah. But Vin Diesel is so clearly using, like, The Fast and the Furious. Probably, at this stage, like, the most successful non-comic book property in existence. Yeah. And you could so clearly tell that he's just like, okay, once I do 12 Fast and the Furious movies, they'll have to let me play Melkor, the proudest of the Aesir. <laughs> you know, he, once he makes like a billion dollars, like $70 billion from all these Fast and the Furious movies, it's going to be like, oh man, you're going to see so many fucking Riddick movies. Yeah, you won't be able to stand it. <laughs> like, oh god, you you are gonna get sick of how many Riddick movies there are. Hey, tell your wife to bring a bucket. That's how many Riddick movies. <laughs> there. there will be an upsetting amount of Riddick movies coming out. Um, By the way, Riddick, fucking awesome character. Like, <laughs> well, that's that's the funniest part, though. You have and I like at a point when. Most people have probably never heard of him. You have a pitch black, like surprisingly good, low key, low budget sci fi movie. Vin Diesel like walks away with the movie, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Wow, people really liked you as Riddick. We should do a follow up." And his first reaction was, "Cool, can it be the Hobbit?" Like, oh, we were thinking maybe Riddick like stows away on, on another ship, or maybe like a bounty hunter's after him. Gotcha. Legacy tells of an ancient race of chosen ones. Yeah. And so you get Chronicles of Riddick, which is, it's just like, hey, uh, remember the guy who was like kind of good with knives in the first movie? Yeah. Well, we've got a wind elemental in this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Riddick's HP just went up. Um, so that's fucking funny. I, the Last Witchfinder. That was based on, like, his character, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because, like, literally nobody wanted that movie. Nobody liked yeah. it. It was like, I think the world's ready for a- Alabraxis the last. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't know what he's named. And there's the famous story of him basically cornering Elisha Wood at a party, asking him if Peter Jackson's going to do a Silmarillion movie. And if and so, so, had he cast Morgoth? Yes. yes. <laughs> That's the best story ever. Which... I got okay. Vin Diesel is Morgoth, not not the first person I'd cast as Morgoth, mm-hmm. not the last person yeah. I'd cast as Morgoth. Yeah. Um, and then you know, among uh, Joe Joe Margarita, uh, yeah, Joe Orangina is awesome. He's like really fun. And I do wish we'd gotten the Bat Flag versus Deathstroke movie. Yeah, that would have been so dope. But. Uh, I, I like he told the story because somebody said like oh well, like you and Vin Diesel are famously like the two big D and D nerds, and Joe Manganiello uh, goes uh, 
actually, like, I never see him around. He talks about it, but I never hear about him actually running a game. I'm like, oh my god. Do you remember the East Coast, West Coast ventriloquist fights <laughs> yeah. in uh, Mr. Show? Yes. If we could just get Riddick and Deathstroke, like, just walking down an alley and then they meet, like, Omar and Brother Buzone. It's like, <laughs> hey, I heard you say I was posing with my new Eberron campaign. <laughs> I never see you around anymore, man. Let's sell this right now. Okay, natural 20. It's a pleasure to meet you. Man, we used to be like brothers. We, we were both Ravnos. God damn. At last we meet. For too long, you have been the Artemis and Trary to my Dritz door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I hope they fight. Not, not in real life. Violence never solved anything, but like, I hope they roll for it. <laughs> yeah. <what> I mean. <laughs> and then who... There has to be like an arbiter, though. So who's their DM? It can't be that punk from Critical Role. Like, no. nothing against those guys, but those are, like, babies compared to no. Deathstroke and Riddick. Who, who's the most old-school D&D guy you can think of? I really don't know. I was going to say it would fun. It would be fun to see Taron kill him, dude, because I know he's a D&D nerd. Is he? Yeah, uh, he, has, he plays with them. Like. That's, okay, and I, I love Taron so much, but again, we're talking about, like, comedians and voice actors. Love those guys, but... That's downriver from being like a muscle bound A lister. Mm. So we need to find somebody like I, who was who was a gamer from way back when. It's like how Sam Jackson used to like read Poison Elves, you know. Mm. We need somebody from like because I that's the thing with Vin Diesel. He was the first mm. one where it's like oh. Uh, did you know Vin Diesel plays D&D? Like, no way. And it was like he and Matthew Lillard in like 2000 mm-hmm. were the first people who would admit to it. Yeah. We need, we'll come back to this because it, believe it or not, this doesn't have that much to do with Batman Returns. But no, I, I need to dig into it and find out, okay, it was like Walter Koenig, like really into like uh, D&D. Was Frank Gorshin like a, like a game master? He was more into Chaosium. Like, it needs to be somebody from that generation. Yeah. Know? Like, and then it has to be like, oh, well, thank you, Mr. Gorshin. Where did you learn to play? Oh, uh, my friend Christopher Lee taught me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Like, yeah. if Christopher but, Lee was still with us, it would be him. Yeah. But then Christopher Lee's too old. Between mm-hmm. him and Van, there's like, there needs to be like somebody in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we need, we'll get to the bottom of this. Probably like Mark Hamill or. Like John Aston or somebody, but we'll figure it out. I'm legitimately curious to go on this snipe hunt now. Anyways, sadly, happily, back to the yeah. best Batman movie. Uh, we're not talking much about Bruce. Um, I will just say, uh, Michael Keaton's still my favorite Batman. Yeah, he it's really neat how not counting Kevin Conroy again, yeah, my favorite, yeah. my favorite on screen Batman. And I think what it, the, and the, the thing with the, the Kevin Conroy does is he, he you can see that he's 
either Batman playing Bruce or Bruce playing Batman. Like, because he switches. Like, he can be both people. Uh, But you get the feeling that, like, one of them is an act. Mm -hmm. With Michael Keaton, it genuinely seems like, like, putting on the costume, like, triggers something in him and, like, kind of jolts him into a different set of, like, a mindset. Like, he honestly seems like... Uh, he he is the most psycho Batman. Yeah, like, and I get how going like, oh, I want like a psycho bad guy. I want like a, I want like a Superman that, like breaks a guy's neck like in the Authority. Like, mm. I get how that's that's done for some characters. I'm down with that for Batman. I, mm. I don't need like psycho Green Lantern or whatever. Yeah, I don't need regular Green Lantern either. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, do, do you remember that old meme that was going around with uh, uh, Disgusting Turf, J.K. Rowling? Yeah. Where she goes like, I think that an author should not be afraid to kill her characters. And that shows George R. R. Martin, and he goes, you're adorable. Yeah. And then somebody added to it with, uh, I think an author shouldn't be afraid to kill their characters because it's a brutal, natural world. And that shows Lovecraft. And he goes, you're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like that for everybody who watched Batman versus Superman when he like blows up the docks and like uh, hits the guy with the grenade. They're like, no, my Batman would never hurt a fly. There needs to be a you're adorable with this Batman putting a time bomb on a guy's stomach and then smiling. But everyone latches onto that. Yeah. They're like, hey, remember when Batman blew that guy up? And like, yeah, that's the second worst thing he does in the movie. Mm-hmm. When he turns the Batmobile around and sets the devil guy on fire. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we talk about, like, practical effects. Like, yeah. you should always use squibs. You should always use real blood. Like, mm-hmm. There is something about the sight of a human being on fire. Yeah. That is just, like, nightmarishly affecting. And it doesn't matter that I know how they do it. I know it's a guy in a suit. It could be, like, some guy built, like, Crispin Glover, and then he's on fire, and he's, like, the size of Dergolum. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's clearly not the same guy. He's under, like, five layers. It doesn't matter. Seeing a human body in the snow on fire is incredible. (laughs) It's like when you watch the Watchmen movie and see, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian just flame thong a Viet Cong and just laughing it's like fucking Christ <laughs> yeah and by the way he, he said he he hated doing that scene because he was so scared of killing the guy yeah <laughs> so it's the exact opposite of uh, maybe the funniest Tarantino line like strong contender mm-hmm. oh can we do something about that heat it's flamethrower Rick <laughs> uh so, yeah, not too much to say about Bruce in this. Uh, he's legitimately, like, the fourth main character. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say about uh, Bruce Wayne as Batman, um, we are going to get to see him again, I think, uh, because they're doing the, the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, I'm not watching a Flash movie, though, so... Yeah. And, so I guess you'll see him. Yeah, I'll, I'll see him. And also, uh, he is going to appear in what will probably be... Uh, an equally as beloved bat-based movie. Of course, I'm talking about Morbius. Oh, yeah. I'll worry about... 
we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. What did what did uh, Felix Biederman call it? Uh, his name for Morbius was Venom versus Dracula. Yeah, he's yeah. like, none of that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but. But that's, that's exactly, again, like, shut up, nerd. That's how a normal human being should react to Morbius. You shouldn't what go, the fuck is yeah, this? You, you shouldn't, no adult human being should go to a Morbius movie going like, oh, I wonder if he'll be wearing his costume from the Midnight Suns crossover. They should just go, oh, so Jared Leto's a Dracula in this? <laughs> again, <laughs> a Dracula remains the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and also, the thing about Michael Keaton weirdly awesome as the vulture in yeah well, like he's, he's just good there was uh, yeah there there was that uh, onion headline from like 10 years ago where it says like study finds that 87 percent of movies would be better if michael keaton <laughs> yeah uh, like yeah i leg- the last movie with michael keaton where i didn't like him was jack frost <laughs> And that's literally the only movie <laughs> with Michael Keaton. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like we'll we'll move on because like the movie doesn't have much to say about Batman, so neither do I. But uh, Michael Keaton is delightful, and mm-hmm. I totally buy him as like a crazy guy who puts on this costume. By the way, best costume. Mm-hmm. The the Burton era has the best costume, and this is the best version. Because in Batman yeah. 89, it looks good, but, like, the head's a little too thick, and he has to do, like, the minotaur head turns whenever he looks around. Yeah. And, like, it's it still looks a little bit, like, uh, cookie dough-ish. Mm-hmm. This one, where it's, like, fully sculpted, and, like, they got the outline yeah. right. You know, there's always, like, a subtle change in yeah. every version. Um the, this is handily the best the characters ever looked on screen. Mm-hmm. So, okay, main event. We're at the hour mark. Don't want to run this on forever. The best part of the movie is the part we've not even really talked about yet. Michelle Pfeiffer, maybe her best performance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking Catwoman. Yeah. She is insanely good at this. Yeah. Do you, when you look at the goddamn Halle Berry Catwoman movie... And you're mm-hmm. like, what is this? Whose idea was this? Who's to blame? Why did this happen? Like, yeah. The reason why in 2004 we got the like that fucking thing mm-hmm. is because that's how badly they wanted a Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman movie. Yeah. Which probably would have been good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, I, I've been chatterboxing. What can you tell me about Catwoman? Catwoman, by the way, Michelle Pfeiffer... One of my first human crushes. That's well, I that's that's a bizarre (laughs) phrasing, but well, it was Minerva Ming. If you (laughs) if you knew me, you would understand the depth and nuance of that statement. And Um, then uh, Usagi Ojimbo's not wife because you like shy girls. (laughs) Yes, I said Usagi. That's how I pronounce it. I'm sure every Japanese person would agree. That word is pronounced Usachi and not Usagi. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, okay. In, okay. My, okay. in my youth, I mean, who competes with Lum? Well, uh, dozens of characters, yeah, actually. Like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> pretty, pretty much every other female character is in competition <laughs> with her. <laughs> but yeah, she's awesome in this. The, 
the, the it's cool because and there is a way to do this where they could have fucked it up so bad. Yeah, like look at uh, the other Catwoman yeah, movies. Like the just the, you know the, her whole thing is like as Selena initially she's so unbelievably mousy, but yet she real she's like she has a self realization that like she she's like a, a doughy from uh, yeah or or like. It, but, it's like she sucks and she realizes it and that's the bad part. Yeah, and that's uh, that was my comment with you know Marlo Laurel is incredible and I said Doey is the saddest TV character of all time because he's a self-aware Millhouse. Mm-hmm. You, that's a good point though. Like she's not playing it subtly. No, what like both versions of her like. It's a big performance, which is fine. Mm-hmm. We don't. This this is not a movie that cries out for a a subtle, well observed, you know, Daniel Day Lewis level yeah. of immersiveness. No, she's fine. Like I, I don't yeah. mind her having like big old glasses at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right. Like it, it's the fact that she's kind of like self negating and like makes fun. Like oh. Real, real good job, you corn dog. Yeah, and then it's okay. It's it's such a, and then she gets on herself for saying corn dog, like mm-hmm. she can't even swear properly. There's the great conceit where she's checking her uh, her messages, which is mm-hmm. like just uh, again like when you watch movies now, when you watch a movie from like thirty yeah. years ago, you're like, oh right, screen screenwriting, yeah, economy, like. like Mm-hmm. How, how can we get, like, this character's personality in 30 seconds? Her answering machine message. Whereas these days it would be like, how do we get this character's backstory? Spin-off TV series and three prequel movies. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh... Yeah, you know, by all means, tell. Don't show! But in this case, uh, so she's, she gets, like, the call from herself, from the Gotham Lady Perfume, and her, like, shitty boyfriend who you never meet says, like... Mm-hmm. I'm going on the uh, I'm going on the the trip alone. Uh, our psychiatrist says that I need to stop just being an appendage, and she goes some appendage. Maybe I should have let him win at tennis. Yeah, and it, it's a good moment. I'm, I'm not trying to be like gross or giggly or anything. I do like the fact that like even as Selena, she fucks. Yeah, because it, it would it would be less interesting if it was like oh oh no. <laughs> yeah, but it's like no, she's. She, like, has a life and a boyfriend and everything. They just suck. Like, she has an apartment. It just fucking sucks. <laughs> she has, a, like, probably a pretty high-paying job. Like, Shrek's secretary. Yeah. You know, she, she's probably not, like, eating ramen for dinner. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, you could picture her having, like, a good-looking idiot boyfriend who she hates. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you know, there's a scene where she finally does stand up to Shrek and he... Murders her, kind of. God, oh, that this scene is maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Like, and it's it's, it's yeah, shot very well because like her like ripping through the different awnings that are yeah. like slowly breaking her fall, and you know people make fun of the whole thing of like oh the, the cat's part of her life. Like that's a fucking awesome scene. Yeah, no, the let, let's just pausing on that for a moment. Um, I don't care that my Batman movie is not being very realistic. Yeah. 
Again, uh, yeah, I like all these to some degree or another, but people were like fist pumping over Batman Begins. Like, yes, oh, I love the the time when he sets up a shell company so that they can't check his receipts. Yeah. Like, dude, could he, could Scarecrow be like poisoning people right now? Mm-hmm. Like, is, I, I see why this yeah. is two and a half hours long. Um, this is the opposite of that. This is the don't worry about it. Yeah. But where there are truly moments, like when she, they all show up at the Penguin's lair for the showdown, mm-hmm. and I, I'm like, does Catwoman know where he lives? She's yeah. never been here. <laughs> um, but no, the the film absolutely goes on fairy tale logic. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, fairy tale logic is not no logic. Yeah, no lo- no logic is shitty. No logic is just like Calvin Ball. Like Superman Returns is no logic. I can lift yeah. up an island made of kryptonite now, I guess, because I'm Jesus. Yeah. Fairy tale logic is... Guillermo del Toro logic. Yeah, this sh- this shit doesn't happen and couldn't happen, but if it did, here are the rules. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, I'm on board with the penguin being raised by penguins, mm-hmm. which again is a joke, like, like Tarzan's raised by apes. The penguin's raised by penguins in a zoo. Mm-hmm. Until he's old enough to get a W two, and then he works with a carnival. Like, yeah, uh, as same thing. Like, like uh, the scene at the end of the movie where all of Gotham's socialites are at the big ball, and I guess all of it, the police are asleep. Like, li- <laughs> yeah. literally, no one out on the streets, and you see Vincent Schiavelli riding a <laughs> giant train through town while clowns snatch children out of windows. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, well, this wouldn't happen in real life. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's why I came into a movie theater. Because this is cooler than what I was looking at in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see a movie called Batman Returns and expect yeah. facts and statistics and yeah. science. Hey, uh, you know what movie I can watch uh, where like nobody gets kidnapped and like the firstborn aren't slain by a penguin mutant? What? On Golden Pond. Yeah. So you know the movie I need to watch if I want to see Vincent Schiavelli as an evil organ grinder riding a train through town while clowns throw children in cages? It, either this or that Struel Peter Speck script that I'm working <laughs> on. And so Catwoman in this is uh, just awesome on every level. Yeah. Best costume. Shell Pfeiffer's great. She gets a ton of good lines. I love the nine lives thing. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like if this movie was made today, it would be like, Oh, well, she, like, uh, Shrek's, like, lab was working on a drug that accidentally made her heal, like mm-hmm. Wolverine, or that yeah. shitty spirit movie that Frank Miller made to belittle his dead friend, Will Usher. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was, I remember that being weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, or, or they'd just be like, oh, well, like, it turned out she was wearing an amulet, uh, with uh, it was possessed by the spirit of Bast that yeah. she picked up at a gift shop. And like, yeah. It's like, no, no, like, how'd she come back to life? Oh, the cat chewed on her. Yeah. Does, is that how it is? Shoo, 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 we got more stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and the fact that she has nine lives. Yeah. Which she's pretty cavalier about. Yeah. I love that so much. She gets killed by every guy in the movie. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, well, maybe if you stop worrying about. Huh, are those her powers in the comic? And start thinking that, 
huh, the main female character literally gets murdered by every male character in the movie, including the hero. Maybe the movie's trying to say something about something. Anyways, I'm yeah. not worried about it. And this, do, this, this movie does something that it's, like I said, is impressive and is easy to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Is uh, It has a, like the female empowerment element... But it doesn't seem phony because there's there's the old there was the old joke in the Mystery Science Theater episode uh, Angels Revenge yeah. where the, uh, the character says, "Come on, we're women, we can do anything." And one of the riffers says, "You know, the, I think it's Crow." He says, "The writer threw that in just so we could get laid," and yeah. like that is genuinely a lot of screenplays. It's like, yeah, and. Again, it's it's the same old, same old where, like, if that were coming from a different source, if that was some, like, shitty incel going, like, people only people are only nice to women to get sexual gratification, like, that kind of shit. Like, no, but it, here, I get the joke. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, no, there, there's a, I mean, we all know Joss Whedon, right? Yeah. Joss Whedon just, like, rolling into town, like, the one murder face scene, like, hey, if any of you ladies need protecting or representation, you know who to call. Mm-hmm. I bet your coffee, Mr. Weed. Shut up, worm. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I think of directors like, and as weird as this is to say, directors like McGee, who did the Charlie's Angels movies, like, as big of a weirdo dork as he seems, he genuinely seems to, to be the type of guy who's like, wouldn't it be fucking cool if, like, Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore, they, they like jumped around and went pow, pow, and then boom, boom, and then and they jumped, get to God, and, and, and it'd be really cool. Like, yeah. Like, He's turning into a South Park yeah. character, he, but I know he, he, honestly, he honestly seems sincere with like the female power message yeah. of Charlie's Angels. No, we, we, uh, not, I'm not like shutting that down, but it, it's the same old, same old, like. You don't have to worry about the Zack Snyders of the world. You have to worry about the Joss Whedons of the world. Yeah. And in fairness, the Michael Bays of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bay is Zack Snyder if he acted like Michael Bay. Mm. Uh, but anyways, but but more to the point, yeah, it's like a big movie where like her first time out, she, she, she like cartwheels away and is like, I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. And it's, you're like... Wow, this is very like 1992. Like, talk about women's lip. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little bit of that, which would come like there's nothing subtle in the movie. No, that's everybody's dialogue. That's every yeah gesture in the movie. So why should she be any different? But the point is, she's cool. Yeah. So like when she she's like wrecking the department store. She's whipping the heads off the mannequins, which, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. She did that, right? I think so. Like, I, I think that, I read that, it was, like, Sigourney, like, sinking the shot. Yeah. It was, she was, like, practiced and, like, got it in one take. Yeah, I think she learned how to use, yeah. like, a, a Wait, like, not, not that that's, like, an impossible thing to do, but it's still fucking cool instead of, like, she winds up and then it cuts to a super close-up of a CGI whip knocking the head off the mannequin and you can see the seam, like, in a gold finger. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then you have, like, the two, like, dopey guys showing up going, 
I don't know whether to arrest her or fall in love. We should probably arrest her, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you just imagine the alternate take for that. I don't know whether to arrest her or fall in love. I think we should arrest her. She's causing a lot of property damage. Okay, Frankie, I was joking, and I think you realize that, so... She's getting away. <laughs> no, but then, like, they show up, and, like, she went, it's like, wow, like, she beat up two rent-a-cops. Like, yeah, and they, they even admit that, like, our take-home is, well, like, that, whatever. That's, like, that's what I was going to say. There's the line where the, I, it's 1992 money, so... Yeah. You know, Christ knows. Yeah. But, uh... Like, hey, don't kill us, lady. Our take home is only like yada yada. And she goes, You're overpaid, beat it. And like that, it's not just the Catwoman beat somebody in a fight, because I know she could do that. She just dunked on the guy. <laughs> yeah. And it was actually, like most of the script, it was actually a pretty funny line. Uh, so everything that she does for a movie that uh, doesn't really pass the Bechtel test, except her like killing the Ice Queen. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my favorite one of my favorite parts in that movie comes right after she's wrecking the place and she puts like the hairspray in the microwave. She blows up the Shrek's department store. She blows up store. the Shrek's department store and there's a scene of like Penguin and Batman like arguing in the street and then Catwoman, who neither of them have seen before, yeah. just flips forward and goes meow and, and then, blows up and just the look of like from both of them like what it's yeah. like the Futurama thing like seriously what the hell am I looking at <laughs> and it's and we talk about how for a movie that is uh, big yeah it has a couple of moments like Bruce watching it on TV like there's mm-hmm. one or two moments where it's it's quiet and that works when it, you have yeah. like a cacophony and then a moment of silence you're like what happened mm-hmm. uh, so you've seen Bruce just like laying waste to the the golden triangle gang or whatever uh, the golden harvest gang yeah actually they, oh man they'd be a lot tougher wow. to fight they would be a lot now tougher to fight <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah so he's just like laying through them and then penguins just like hanging out he's like oh the mayor is just watching the uh, uh, it's just the mayor strolling through the carnage and watching the destruction he goes you're not the mayor things change it's like, I don't get it. It's not a great line. It's a sort of nothing scene. But because it's maybe the only part of the movie that doesn't have the score or an explosion, there's something that's just so, like, kind of yeah. eerie about Penguin going, things change. And then they don't. He loses 15 minutes later. He goes, Bat- he yeah. says something to Batman, and Batman says, things change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's but again it's it's just like this weird like oh yeah these two uh, murderers just kind of hanging out after all the other murderers are knocked out, but then when Catwoman comes wheeling into the shot like like Doctor Roxo during <laughs> yeah. the the, uh, the a big special they did the rock opera the Doom Star Requiem yeah so she just comes like lurching into shot and they're both kind of dumbstruck. And it has that moment of like, okay, shut up, nerd. It's the cool character. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> at the end, Bruce is a nerd. Yeah. Penguin is a nerd. Catwoman's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it really is like, okay, you two nerds, quit bickering. <laughs> the fun person just showed up with the coke. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> I think the fun person showed up with the coke a lot during the production <laughs> yeah. of Batman Returns. Um, and so right up to her, like, her thing with Shrek, where, you know, like, he uses a waterlogged gun and shoots Bruce and then shoots her, like, five times. Yeah. But, by the way, that, that looks awesome when she, like, rips off what's left of her mask. It's just, like, her dandelion hair. Yeah. And she's still got, like, the bondage gear from the neck down. It's interesting where they actually got that image. Yeah. Uh, because there's a scene... I cannot remember if it's in the movie, but it is a publicity still from The Man Who Laughs. Oh. Where he's... Gwynplaine is clad completely in black, and his hair is, like, messed up and tussled. Yeah. And it it looks very much like hers. And I can completely see, like, Tim Burton saying, like, oh, that would look cool for her hair. Yeah, and it's... So, uh, I mean, we're jumping around slightly plot-wise, but... uh... Yeah, we could have spent more time on, I wrote the stinking city like a harp. I played the stinking city like a harp from hell. I played the stinking city like a harp from hell. I could shoot a guy on the Fifth Avenue of Gotham City and not lose any clown followers. Um, I, the thing I love about your penguin is that it slowly became Neil Hamburg. <laughs> Well, it's, that's Vera Drew's movie, right? <laughs> what? That's going to be a Vera Drew's yeah, movie, right? Yeah, that's, that's the people's joke, I think. <laughs> what do you call a bunch of zipper life there? A bunch of zipper lips here. I'm not talking to my friend from the freak show. Sorry, zipper <laughs> lips. There's clay face, I piss on you from a great height. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, you're no. They, yeah. I'm starting to see the similarities. They have the same hair tone. But anyways, uh, so he sends out his army of penguins with rockets. Mm-hmm. Borrowed the idea from <laughs> Doctor Evil, I guess. Yeah. Again, like, like, so transparently, like, well, this was in the previous version of the script. So it's just like yeah. a palimpsest. Like, you keep erasing, but you can see what the last person wrote yeah. on cheap paper. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, okay, we need to, to erase Becomes Mayor and replace it with Murder of the Firstborn. And then replace that with freaking penguins with freaking lasers on their heads. By the way, I love, they march into Gotham Square and they say the estimated casualties... Yeah, the rockets go off is a hundred thousand people, but it's apparently enough to wing the penguin <laughs> when they yeah. all converge on the zoo. It's yeah, like the one the the moment I really like is when you know Bruce is playing the the incriminating audio uh-huh. of uh, penguin. And, like, the, the other politicians realize they should beat it. And, like, Shrek is walking off, and, you know, Penguin looks at him like, what the hell do I do? And Shrek just kind of, like, shrugs. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, win some, you lose some. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, the movie's great. Uh, we, I, I, I want to say this is the beginning of autistic Batman. Because... There's the great scene, Batman and Catwoman are fighting up on the rooftop, mm-hmm. and she knocks him on his back, and he looks up and notices the mistletoe, and in the middle of the fight, Bruce goes, 
you know, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Which pays off later, but yeah. just, just picture it's that. It's a neat payoff later. It is. Yeah, but, but just in the moment, just pow, pow, pow. You know, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Did you know that bees can fly faster than a dog can run? I, di I didn't know that, Bruce. Can I help you out? Can we keep fighting? Did you know that there's more sugar in a pound of strawberries than a pound of lemons? I got stuff to do. <laughs> I got ice princesses to kill. I got ice princesses to kill. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that's our first real glimpse of uh, autistic Batman. Mm -hmm. I think that's what what gives him away during during his cover, whereas it's like a scarecrow. You know, he's hiding in the rafters to get Scarecrow. Scarecrow's got a scythe. And he says, like, well, uh, my dear Mr. Mayor, now I'm going to cleave you and Twain. Did you know that Mark Twain's real name was Samuel Clemens? Mark Twain was a terminology used in Riverboat Captain. <laughs> oh, shit, what was that? <laughs> that would be really eerie, though. Like, he's still, like, super stealthy. And, like, you don't know where the noise is coming from. <laughs> but just, he's really loud <laughs> and telling you shit that doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's like, Did you know there's a wider gap between Cleopatra and the construction of the pyramids than us and Cleopatra? And people are just, like, firing blindly into <laughs> yeah. the shadows. It's like, just stop! Just stop! <laughs> I'll tell you where the girl is! <laughs> this, uh... This... Uh, and something really neat about this movie is that, uh, it, and it's definitely not his first role or his first speaking role, but this is really when people started to notice him. Like, I think, I think like his movie directly after this was Hocus Pocus, which was his big thing. Uh, this is kind of our first peek at Doug Jones. Yes. No, he's, he plays Thin Clown, the guy that says, Great speech, Oswald! And then he gets cracked in the face. Is he the one that kidnaps the, uh, the, the stage kidnapping? No, no, okay. he's not Because I was going to say, I, I know, like, Doug Jones can move like crazy. I didn't, I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and it's neat because he, he actually got the role of the clown because... They heard that they he got the role like, of fat clown, but then lost a lot of weight. <laughs> they heard that he could do like crazy bendy stuff with his body, and uh, Tim Burton came and he said, "Like, let's see what you can do." And he he has his trick, which he can still do, even though he's in his fifties, of putting both legs behind his head. Yeah. And Burton said, "Holy shit!" He used to be able to do that, like, but I think he does it better. <laughs> it's like he, he's like, "You got the part," and <laughs> Doug Jones said. Batman, like, what's <laughs> <laughs> he just and he put him in, and there's even a scene like when the Red Triangle Gang are kind of lounging, and everyone's sitting around, and he's sitting in like such a what would be for a normal person so peculiar and uncomfortable, yeah. but it's like neat to see him kind of like like folding himself up. I wonder what it's uh, he's he's terrific in this. I've never not liked Doug Jones and something. What's it like to be part of the Red Clown Gang? Because when they go visit uh, Oswald's like headquarters in the attic, they're just kind of sitting there. Mm -hmm. I like. Are they just a kept family, like Barry Lyndon's like second wife? Or <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, what is this stuff? Uh, second or first? Anyways, um, 
By the way, I love how at the end, the Red Triangle Gang just bounces. Oh, <laughs> they no, really, they know when the, they get out the gun. They yeah. just, but it's, they just hightail it. Uh, and I don't want this to just devolve into like me quoting lines, but again, the, the movie is funny. It's great. It's some of it's stupid, like eat floor, high fiver. Like, yeah. Shut the fuck up, Rue. That's what, don't let Batman riff. Everybody else can riff. This is what happens when Batman tries to be funny. Bruce can riff. Shut, Batman can't. Shut up, Batman. But yeah, no, it's it's like very cute. And uh, Alfred told me that one was gangbusters. <laughs> um, and it, it, again, funny without just being like the like they they fly now style quippiness. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's like I I got a rush. Could you make up like an excuse or? A, like a sonnet or a dirty limerick or something. One has just sprung to mind. <laughs> like do jokes that are actually really, that's the difference between a joke and a quip. Yeah. I've realized that's all it is. A joke is funny. Yeah. It's just like, well, why why is like the specials funny and but it's not funny when they do this in return of the the uh Skywalker? Oh. Because it's funny when they do it. <laughs> You know, and stuff like, okay, I was thinking all night, and here's my plan for getting the team back together. This is just a drawing of your brother with a butt for a face. I know I'm not good with plans. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. And so it, that's, it's just like Ikatopa logic. Like, why is it funny when he does it? Because he's funnier than you. Yeah. But uh, so this movie is indeed pretty funny. And maybe my favorite line in the thing is when, yeah, they needed the ball. Mm-hmm. They're waltzing. Yeah. She says she's going to kill uh, Max. And she says, like, don't say it won't solve anything because it will. Which I thought yeah. was, like, refreshing. Uh, change. And they do, like, the refrain of the mistletoe line. They realize, like, who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, they finally realize, like, each other's secret identities. And I think it's because it's with absolute sincerity. Yeah, That's like, the only reason it works. But Michelle Pfeiffer goes, does this mean we have to start fighting? And it's, it's like, so funny, but it, it like, lands as an actual yeah. line. Like, how am I, how do you live this life? And the answer yeah. is, you and, really don't. And the funny thing is, he, he says, uh, he says, like, uh, we need to get out on the patio. So you know that, like, he, like, if Penguin hadn't burst in, they would have, like, gone outside and gone, like, okay, like, what do we do with this? Like, yeah. Yeah. How do we work through this or with this? Or it's like, but it's anyways. We should probably wrap it up. I mean, I'm not. Am I cutting you off? Oh no, no. yeah. We should probably put a pin in it. But watching this, this is one that I saw a million times when I was a kid, and so I had I had to think: Is this one all that good, or do I just remember liking it? And I think it actually is really freaking good because mm-hmm. I watched Batman 89, as I said right before yeah. this, and I didn't like it that much. I, I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a fine movie. Yeah. But that's one where I was like even younger and even more impressionable, and that was even more of like a cultural moment. Yeah. And when I go back and watch that, I go, oh, it's, it's fine. Like, it's, it's a fun watch. It's not much story-wise. When I watch mm-hmm. Batman Returns, I'm like, Think fucking rules. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think that's a semi-objective take on it. And 
my last thought on this is I, I said before, like it's an accidental masterpiece. It's the sort of thing that cannot happen again and will not happen again. Yeah. Um, without going off on like a whole thesis statement, just in brief, like, what do you think of Tim Burton? You think he's good or not, or sometimes? Like, I think he, I think he had a lot to say, and a lot to show, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. and his his well just kind of ran dry. I mean, like there there are there is stuff of his that's more recent that I like. Like, I think I'm one of the only people on the planet that like Dark Shadows. You are. Yeah, yeah. I I, I just dig that. Like. This is like the the whole thing of Chloe Grace Moretz going, yeah, I'm I'm a werewolf. So uh, <laughs> I think to, I just like that line. Just, okay, you're a werewolf. I came out of nowhere. Yeah, but, I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. But I, I think that that is the case. Like he he just started running on fumes. Yeah, and there's just there's not much there. Yeah, and I that's the thing. And over time, I've I've kind of thought about how much was ever there because i i like his style i do like his his like mm-hmm. visual style rather a lot but there's nothing i'm not sure there's anything underneath mm-hmm. it's all very surface it's it's very hot topic very emily the strange you know mm-hmm. no, nothing wrong with it but you're like yeah it's about as like dangerous as like scary godmother something yeah like there's there's nothing actually terribly like challenging about it mm-hmm. and when you look at his life there's nothing not that you have to be tortured to be like an artist or like it's total bullshit yeah but it doesn't seem like he's he's like working through anything or like you know, like ed wood is like absolutely working through his fetishes some people are working through their pain you mm-hmm. know some people are like trying to regain something burton is just like a guy who worked for Disney and then hooked up with three or four of, like, the hottest people who have ever lived. Yeah. Which, again, I don't mean that in, like, a fuck him kind of way. Like, screw you for being successful. But I've never I've never gotten the impression of somebody who's, who's like, yeah, like, I, I make movies instead of screaming because it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's nothing there. It's just, like, and when you look at, like, his, oh, like his his work was a little too dark for Disney back in the day. Like, yeah, it was, but again, in a really safe way because his yeah. doodle, his doodles would be like, "What if the fox and the hound became roadkill?" And like the book he put out, like "Melancholy Death of Oyster, Oyster Boy," mm-hmm. hard to say. Like, what if there was like a girl made out of matches, but then one day she burned up? Talk about a hot date, you know? Mm-hmm. It like. He's you know he's funny enough. It's cool enough, but Burton's style is edgy the way that Godzilla versus Bandy was edgy. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's not that much actually to it. I think that's the same reason why he's not any great shakes when it comes to story. Yeah, like as cool as like Nightmare Before Christmas is, and it is. Love that yeah. movie. Everyone loves that movie. So do I. It's a stone cold classic. But it ends with Jack rescuing his girlfriend from a tower and then going, well, I learned to stay in my lane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, his stuff is, it's very much, in my opinion, it's like 
the version of a fairy the version of a famous fairy tale where this is before like they it was before they sanitized it so there's still like darkness in it but after, but, but after they cleaned it up so like it's not a story about like cannibalism and like shredding women's skin off you know what i no, mean no no i think i think that's a really good way of putting it like it's not the disney version of the story but it's also not like the devil and the blacksmith, like, like, oh, this dates from India in 800 AD. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I get what you mean. It's, it's like the Charles Perrault version where it's like, oh, like the, the bad guys die, but they're not tortured to death. Yeah. Yeah. This, this isn't the version where we shove coals into the wolf's mouth and tie it and sew his lips shut. Like, yeah, yeah. And I and so people say like oh well he made like Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood and all these movies because he's he's like attracted to outsiders and like mm-hmm. I don't think Burton's an outsider yeah like I like John Waters is like way more of an outsider than he is Burton's is very much like what if a goth kid moved into the suburbs yeah and at, at best I would say like maybe he was a little ahead of his time but even if you look at him like around the time this stuff came out, you're like, what What made him, like, weird and challenging? Like, he, he didn't own a comb? Yeah. Like, he's, like, there's... And to, to compare it, another artist who, like, made fantasy films and has rather come down in the world, mm-hmm. I think it was somebody like Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Where you can say all sorts of things about Gilliam. Maybe he's not the best as, like, a storyteller either, so much as a curator mm-hmm. of images... But with with Gilliam, that like there's there's stuff in there. Like I think Gilliam is a genuinely like bristlingly angry artist. Yeah, which unfortunately seems to like spill over into like real life these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I'm getting kind of tired of him. But like his like the ugliness, the anti-authoritarianism, like the the unhappy endings. And and that can get tiresome too, but like the cynicism of like Brazil and the the ending of Time Bandits mm. feels very genuine. Yeah, like the, the like Jabberwocky isn't just like what if a fairy tale wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Like yeah, th- that's like a weird fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that that is like a shit caked little movie there. Um, I think if people like 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 genuine outsider directors and even though he's literally only made two movies and and is struggling to make his third one like crispin glover oh yeah someone like that like where it's yeah go ahead someone like that where it's like yeah he's this dude who looks normal and dresses nice but you really don't know what's swirling around in his head and if you did you might not understand it yeah, and and that's I, I know what you mean. I'm not even talking about like straight up outsider art. Like it doesn't count if you're less than Henry Darger mm-hmm. on the thermometer. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't really mean that, but I'm like the the woman who made Ron Teton is crazier yeah. than Tim Burton. Like yeah. your average cool A twenty four horror director. Nicholas Winding Refn is crazier yeah. than Nicholas Winding Refn is a million times weirder. Than Tim yeah. And again, it, it's because it manifested in like these very kind of safe and movies I like. Like, I love Mars Attacks. Yeah. I think that movie is an absolute blast. Yeah. But it's, it's not like 
about anything. <laughs> um, and like a Sleepy Hollow, it's like, oh no, it really, it really digs down and answers questions like, what if Tim Burton liked Hammer Horror movies? Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> which is why I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's an awesome movie, but it is just, <laughs> hey, I like the Hammer movies, I'm going to make one now. Yeah, and then the, I think that's the problem is that for a while it was like, what if I got to do like a German expressionist thing? What if I got to do like a Hammer thing? And then after that, it really did just become like, it's like, yeah, I'll do a Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah, I'll do a, like a fucking YA Harry Potter knockoff. I'll do Dark Shadows. Like, yeah. And, and like even the later ones that are fine. It's like Big Eyes is fine, but who talks yeah. about Big Eyes? Sweetie Todd's actually really good, but um, do, do, do you think that might have something to do with the source material? Yeah. Do you think it would be okay even if Tim Burton weren't directing it? <laughs> Uh, Big Fish. Big Fish is. Big Fish is is pretty decent. That, yeah. I like that. And it, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, like if you look at his whole thing, it's like, and like I I love Beetlejuice, but again, it's very much like, what if the, we spooked the squares? <laughs> what 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 if like everybody in the afterlife like looked the way they did when they died? And that's like funny. Mm-hmm. And I really do like that movie, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! What if somebody smoked and the smoke came out of their neck? Yeah, like it's, it's not exactly. De- There's a reason they turned it into a Saturday morning yeah. cartoon. It's very much its premise of like, yeah. What if the what if the ghosts were nice and the humans were the pains in the ass? Like, yeah, which is not a for yeah. like ninety minute comedy is not a bad premise, and it's elevated by Michael Keaton just being like, it, he's so funny and silly, and they made a cartoon. You forget that like. Beetlegeist or whatever the character mm-hmm. J- just a monster yeah <laughs> like a truly unpleasant creature almost gets to have a child right at the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> that. Uh, and is also barely in the movie is the other thing <laughs> yeah. people forget um, but anyway I, I don't mean to do like his whole chronology but just, just to build to what I, I was going to say like uh, Edward Scissorhands is the only one that feels like Burton had, like, one story in him that he actually wanted to tell. As opposed to just, like, hey, Tim Burton, you do a lot of, like, black and white shit. You want to make a black and white Ed Wood movie? Yeah. Where, like, the actors are good and the script is good. And all you have to do is just kind of, like, again, like, usher it. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman Returns is... It, it, it's a little too, like, over the top to, like, be, like, a deeply moving film, perhaps. Yeah, but it's still super cool, and I, you know I love this shit. Like even before she becomes Catwoman, when she like tases the guy. Yeah, I like the look on her face. And, like, it feels like a genuinely mean, deranged, let's set somebody on fire sort of movie. Yeah, uh, still fun. Like in the same sense that like the Adams Family is. Like it's yeah. still ultimately kind of funny, but it's because Tim Burton made. The original Batman, which is a perfectly fine movie, but it, it's it's just like a commercial. Mm-hmm. It's so clearly like, well, uh, the, we need to show the cave because we're selling a Batman playset. Yeah, and then uh, we need to have the suit look like this because we're we're putting the emblem on a bunch of black T-shirts, and there need to be like two or three scenes where the film just fucking just grinds to a halt, shooting sparks out of the side because we need to play some Prince music. Yeah. Because Prince is on the uh, fucking soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, not complaining, by the way. Yeah. But the, the whole, that, like, 
Batman Forever was made the same way, where it's like, we'll start with the soundtrack and then work backwards. Mm-hmm. We'll find a place for Kiss from, from a Rose or Kiss by yeah. a Rose. But it feels like a real keys to the kingdom moment where, because Batman 89 was like the biggest thing since Star Wars, it was like, wow, Tim, like, we are all very rich thanks to you. You know what? Whatever you want to do for the sequel, it's your baby. And he was like, Okay, can the baby have flippers? What? Nothing, nothing. Yeah, it seems like one of those movies where, you know, you give a director a bunch of money and the director just has a look on his face of, you dumb bastards. Oh, God. And you're so, going to regret doing this. And from the, I don't just mean because of like, oh, like, the penguin's gross. It's like, no, the, peng- the penguin is like fucking stomach turning. Yeah. Like, he, he just, like, starts vomiting ink when he gets too angry. <laughs> yeah. His horrible body, like, the your nose could be gushing blood. Yeah. Everything about the Penguin, the fact that the characters dress in bondage gear. Yeah. It's and not just, like, the, like, oh, have you ever noticed, like, the subtle fetishism of superhero costumes as observed by Alan Moore? It's like, no, no, there's nothing subtle about this. She's wearing, she's a dominatrix. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty you know to the rafters here the fact that batman is barely in the movie mm-hmm. so it is somebody once described this as the strangest summer blockbuster of all time yeah and I'm like yeah it's nowhere near the strangest movie of all time no not, not even close it's too cute for that but just as a like uh like boy i wonder what this next batman movie will be about where don't they see my French flipper tray? <laughs> my blood. I gave it the office. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it just just it's like infinite home time. It, yeah, yeah. You hear lines like that, and it's like, by the way, this had Happy Meal time. <laughs> no, that, that's that's exactly what I was building towards, and I think you put a pen in it beautifully. The film where you hear Christopher Walken say "infinite food time." It's like, ah. Uh, Anyways, here's a toy of, like, it's a little race car with a penguin and a ducky. Yeah. Yeah, like, so legitimately, like, could only happen by accident. These days, they would never let it happen. Like, if you think, like, Burton is a commercial director, imagine if he was directing, like, Doctor Strange or something. Like, give me a fucking break. No, it's, it's the sort of, like extraordinarily bad idea like you like toys mm-hmm. or one of those yeah. movies only it also that's the problem like toys isn't very good yeah hook isn't very good yeah has its moments but it's not that good batman returns actually pretty fucking good <laughs> and, it, and it reminds me that in general in like the 80s and 90s a kid's movie could be kind of weird and gross like that, that was, like, that's kind of a thing that I miss a little, like, you watch E.T. and, like, the kids are having an argument, and Elliot calls his older brother penis breath. It's like, yeah, you would never, never, ever hear that in something like that today. It's like, it's kind of cool, like, as a, as a kid, like, that you watch, you walk into this movie, and it's like, oh my god, wow. Yeah, and I, I know we're just prolonging it at this point, but I know what you mean, it's like, People have, like, pushed back at Shane Black for, like, the Monster Squad script. Because mm-hmm. they call him, like, like faggot pops up here and there. Yeah. And, like, I, I get it, but I hate to say it, like, that 
of all the movies like we watched as kids, that was what kids acted like. Just like the bullies going like, hey, we're here with Fat Kid where he's stopping traffic. Fat Kid, why are you so fat? And it's like, yeah. it's too mean. Yeah. It's like way too mean, really. Yeah, the bullies were fucking mean when you were... <laughs> yeah, that... So there's... That... Stuff like that felt realer than just, like, the kid who, like, has the Wall Street Journal under his arm and, you know, calls people, like, clever names. And weirdly mm-hmm. enough, seems to talk like the screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so, uh... Merry Christmas to all... And to all an infinite point. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to say, um, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and women. He just threw that in there to get laid. And also, <laughs> Calendar Man. Why not? He seems <laughs> like he'd like. <laughs> he strikes me as the type of guy. God damn it, did I ruin your joke? Nah, you you paused just a little too long. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, can I just add to that? No goodwill and peace towards Calendar Man. Calendar Man could fucking die. <laughs> yeah, oh god. You made me think of the long Halloween, never mind. But, uh, yeah, very happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks for listening. See you guys. <laughs>